from Groove U Studios in Columbus, Ohio. This is Getting the Brand Back Together, a podcast exploring the interdisciplinary art of banding, branding, and business building. Rock and roll relic, poet, writer, brandist. I'm your host, Brad Zirconi. And I'm very happy today to have a leader of a stirring brand here with us. And today we're joined on the podcast with Jamie Richardson, the vice president of White Castle. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Great to be here, my friend. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Well, anytime is crave time, Brad. You know that. And, uh, <laughs> it's a 24-7 kind of operation. It's a commitment. It is. All the way live. Before we talk about sliders, your guy's term, your branded language. Sure. Right? Let's start with ro- some rockers. For you personally, not for the brand, Jamie, but for you personally, just as an icebreaker, what's your favorite band of all time? You know, favorite performing artist of all time, Leonard Cohen. Uh, wow. Montreal uh, born poet yeah. turned songwriter and he's at the base of all metaphysics so uh, <laughs> he, right. he, Leonard Cohen he's the man <laughs> you know whether it's Chelsea Hotel or uh, you know but there's something about I stumbled out of bed I got ready for the struggle I smoked a cigarette and I tightened up my gut that's inspiration baby that is that's yeah. it. Now, that's I a think lot of brilliant. humility in that there is uh, and I think his vulnerability is what made him so great yeah. I mean brilliant songwriter uh, some would argue not the greatest voice who cares I right. mean, so, you know, it's, a, when, it's a delivery yeah. not the voice yeah absolutely it was like in the in the land of milk and honey you know right, uh, right. A, a, amazing uh, talent had the chance to see him in Detroit mid 90s and caught him again in Columbus uh, you know, so, really? yeah, went out to see him. There, at, now there's a guy I'd like to see live. I've never seen him. We went out to see him in Colorado. Show got rained out. I Googled cool hotels, found his manager and uh, <laughs> gave him my tickets because I couldn't stay. I had to go home. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Good, Good times. And what about, and then we'll break into White Castle brand, a lot of interesting discussion points there. What about, you know, when people talk about their life and their best shows they've ever seen of their time, sometimes it's not their, it's not their favorite performing artist. When you think back and just placing, you know, memes in your life when it comes to a live performance, who would you say was just, you know, blew you away? Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, 1993, uh, in Boston. Uh, you know, I was there, I was working for an advertising agency, uh, had, uh, 35 of, uh, Speedy Muffler King's top general managers and we were front row (laughs) 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 because the fireworks got rained out and we had spent a lot of money to sponsor the fireworks. So that was, Hey, that was the, that was the ultimate door prize. It was great. Incredible performance. And, you know, and he he was at the height then he was at the height. Yeah, 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 absolutely. He was on it and, uh, you know, free falling and, and everything else, but it was wonderful. That's awesome. Miss him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, a friend of mine called me because Eddie Money passed away. I know. Not too long ago. And we opened up for Eddie Money a couple of times. And I have some very funny Eddie Money stories. Maybe we have time, we'll tell them later. But he was a hell of a songwriter, hell of an artist. And he was beloved in the industry as well. Yeah. And you think about he had two tickets to Paradise. Um, Well, you know, he's a New York kid. Yeah. You know, uh, well, Irish, it was Mahoney. It was Mahoney. Yeah, Irish kid from, from New York. Right, uh, his right. dad was a cop. You right. know, he's on that path. Well, I and, think his uncle yeah. and everybody was. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he, he rocked it pretty good. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and some fun stories about Shaken. 
and, and how he snuck some things in there. So uh, the, I don't the know song, this. Uh, well, you know, you got to listen to the lyrics closely, but okay. uh, you know, he just kind of you know blew through it, and then they didn't catch it in edit, and the censors didn't catch it, and uh, you know, they say it could have been a number one hit, but uh, most stations wouldn't play, play it. it. Okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay, I'll do that this weekend. I'm gonna keep this PG thirteen. <laughs> okay, yeah. you, you'll find it. That's the teaser campaign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oftentimes in branding, when we think about brands, we think about this. Um, this formula, if you will. I mean, we think about three pillars. And I've done this. I've been doing branding for 20 plus years. And that is this idea of depth, duration, and distribution. That a brand has to have those three Ds. Depth, the love affair with the brand, right? Duration, how long have I loved this brand? Mm -hmm. And then distribution, can I get it anywhere? Is it ubiquitous? Mm -hmm. Do we want it to be ubiquitous? Mm -hmm. Is it a destination brand, right? Right. And you think about that in music, when you think about depth, you're thinking about, you write a song that moves the world. Um, and you're thinking about duration, it could be the Stones, they've been around forever, right? And then you have this idea of distribution and that, you know, music is ubiquitous and golf isn't. Right. You know, and I... I <laughs> it could I, be a bumper sticker, a really cool t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, might be a little bit much for a bumper sticker. I'd might buy be, one. With ubiquitous <laughs> on Golf it. isn't. <laughs> yeah. But, but the idea is... Tell me when you think about the White Castle brand, you think about depth, you think about duration, you think about distribution. Tell me how you guys have done that very successfully inside your brand. Well, that's a great question. I think when it comes to depth, I think I'd think of it in terms of depth of uh, emotional connection. And I think right from the beginning, because we're, we're 98 years old, we've been around for a little bit. Congratulations. Thank you. We're still trying to stay spry. You know, no walkers for us, folks. We're, 1921. Uh, 1921, in the beginning. I think the, the, uh, the depth piece comes from this really essential understanding that our founder had that uh, we can expect uh, loyalty only from those to whom we are loyal and happy employees make happy customers. So I think that right from the beginning, the depth was, how do you make the connection that's really strong uh, with your team members? Right. Because if you treat people right, good things will happen. Right. And, and that depth has actually uh, been part of our culture as far as the eye can see. So more than one in four of our 10,000 team members have been with White Castle 10 years I, or more. I read that in business yeah, first. It's crazy. And I would Great. love to share that with some of the other companies that we represent in branding because that's, cultural cohesion that doesn't happen in that doesn't, that doesn't come from a cultural book that's this thick right yeah right that, that comes from a legacy brand over years yeah and i think it also is from this place of action speak louder than words mm -hmm. you know so in 1924 we started offering health insurance we offered retirement benefits in the late 1920s way before anybody else way before anyone else but this connection piece is the real part of it, it makes it super cool yeah but that death part starts there and what about duration? I mean, I'm thinking about that. White Castle comes in, uh, White Castle's 1921. McDonald's is what, 1940? 50-something. Uh, okay, I mean, the McDonald's Brothers, yeah, but not the okay. first one in Illinois, 50-something. Okay. Sorry and to then, get so technical. We're touchy no. about that. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I, I have them by more than that, Brad. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then KFC, I think, right? KFC Sometime was in there early that. on. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, right. Burger okay. King was in there early on. Yeah, so when you're talking about the first fast food, chain, right? Fast food restaurant. Sure. In you the beginning. The you, yeah. And first you own the category, right? Right. So how, how, you know, when we talk about that, this idea of duration, that second D, how are you able um, to sustain that, Jamie? 
I think it's taking a longer view. You know, we're still a family-owned business after all these fifth years. Fifth generation. Yeah, moving, yeah, fourth generation lad, fifth generation. There's 31 fifth generation kids running around here, there, and everywhere. But I think that family-owned uh, focus mm-hmm. lets us take a longer view uh, and values count. So it, it might sound cliche, but we really live it. So our vision, feed the souls of Craver Generations everywhere. Yes. That's how we make decisions. I love that, by so, the yeah, way. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. So I think when you, when you know who you are and why you exist, that helps because yeah. if you don't know why you're here, then you know uh, it's easy to detour or take the exit early. Right. We're in it for the long haul. Right, and that right. gives us uh, that duration piece. Yeah, and I have to say that every touch I've had, whether it's at you, w- with other people you've inter- introduced me to from the executive team, certainly yourself, everyone inside White Castle, when I am bumping into them, whether you and I are doing deals together or various things that we've done in the community, that touch that idea of depth and duration, legacy and cohesion is always there. Yeah, thank you. I think the, the piece that's really important is keeping it relevant. So you don't yeah. get locked into, uh, you know, it's 1924, it's right, good right, year. Right. You know, I mean, it's good to have the foundations <laughs> about how you use it to look forward, you know. What's that look like today in the here and now? All right, so I got all excited. Let's talk about, let's talk about this th- third D, the idea of distribution. Sure. So I got all excited um, when you first opened the White Castle. I know you'll know the year. I'm sure you um, envisioned it. But when you when you did the Vegas move, right? right? <laughs> I 2014. Remember, okay, in 2014, I remember running around and telling other people around Columbus that this is huge. That this is a genius play for White Castle to get in the entertainment. You know, the second entertainment capital in America. Um, my point is that idea of was that a distribution play? Was that a market play? Tell me what was some of the strategy for the brand in making that decision? I think it was a learning play. Uh, you know, for us, we're all of our restaurants are company owned. In right. that one instance, we actually have a licensing agreement with another family-owned business. They're awesome. And they came to us and said, Hey, we'd like to open in Vegas. We said, nah, we don't do that. We don't do licenses. And they were so persistent that reminded them of you. <laughs> that's right. You know, something <laughs> about it. It's just like kind of connected. And we thought, hey, let's try it and find out. Thank goodness we did. I mean, when we opened that castle, it just blew up. It was incredible. No, I read so, that there were lines out the doors for days. The, there, there was. I was there. We did our ribbon cutting. Next thing you know, I was on the, the grill with Cousin Dave and Cousin Lisa, and I'm slow. You're flipping. Yeah, usually they're putting me on drinks, man. Yeah, because you can't do them. I, you can't I'm do good. It. I'm slow. But uh, <laughs> there was literally uh, two in the morning. Uh, we looked up. I'll never forget. Cousin Dave kind of looked up at the, the monitor, and he said, is that really say 67 double cheeseburgers with no onion? <laughs> and that was it. It broke us. It broke us. We were gone. So the spirit of we'll the White Castle. We'll be back later. <laughs> yeah. The White Castle Army couldn't take the, the 67. The, the leadership. We were there. <laughs> we are on the front lines until that order came in. Still got the calluses on my, on my thumbs from that one. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah, good times. And is it, and, and how's it doing? Great. Uh, it's doing great. We have four in Vegas now. The big news is, and so that's our with our one licensing partner. Right. We, and we love those guys. We want to have one licensing partner. Uh, we don't want to have 20. Anymore, right. Yeah, this so right. we I got understand. great learning. We just opened in Scottsdale, Arizona. I read that. Tell me. Biggest ever. Bigger than Vegas. So the lines, that was, uh, you know, going back in time. Four weeks into it, lines are still an hour long at the drive-thru, an hour long in the dining room. And we're doing great work. We're going fast. I mean, speed <laughs> of service is brilliant. There's that many people. 
cool. It's called demand, right? It's called demand. Right. Yeah, in wow. all capital letters. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really great. And uh, the love affair there has just been amazing. So which goes back to that first day, the idea of depth, right? Because it's already. I think there. so. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of people there on day one. We had a couple. Jamie and Drew. They camped out for ninety six hours. They brought their RV and parked on the lot. <laughs> Did you film it? Heck yeah. It's a great spot. Oh my goodness, film it. I mean, I absorbed it. I mean, right, I wanted right. to be part of the aura. So right, right. every evening that crowd grew. So by the night before the opening, there's 40 people hanging out with Jamie and Drew outside their camper. That They're all getting, un- 20 of them are getting together for Thanksgiving. That is unbelievable. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah, good times. So um, do you think, so, so tell me about this. So, so that idea of distribution and demand, there you are in Vegas. Now you're in Scottsdale. Right? right, and I know most of your other locations, you know, aren't, aren't in the periphery of the U.S. like that, if you mm-hmm. will. Did it surprise you that the demand was, you know, a, of that caliber, or is it that you guys have always known it's there? It was something that you wanted to do in the course of time. That's a that's a great question. I think part of it is you hope it's there, and you have an idea that this could be a really good location. You know, uh, in terms of there's a lot of people who live in this area who love White Castle and haven't had it for a long time. Sure. The the depth part is what was really just humbling in, in this instance because we thought, hey, we're going to have a great few days. Uh, that great few days has turned into a great 30 days. And it's on pace. It's The pace is unbelievable. I know competitors are listening or I would share more information. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I know you get a lot of people listening in, so that's why I'm being cautious. Yes, But yes. I'll tell you what, it was uh, really gratifying to see the love. I mean, people didn't mind about the weight. This was like pilgrimage. Yeah. Pilgrimage means there's a little yeah. bit of discomfort. Yeah. So people wait in line. The other cool thing I'll tell you is on opening day, I looked around, I saw two third generation family members, John and Mary and Kelly. John was running out to Costco to get ice because people in, in line needed colder drinks. Uh, you know, Mary Ann Kelly was handing out orders in the dining room. He had fourth generation cousins working together. Everybody was on the floor. This was like, everybody was there and delivered. It was amazing. It is. And just that you guys have built that culture is amazing. It's really super cool. And, uh, you know, people come and they stay for a reason. Right. Uh, it's fun. Right. You know, we get to be a part of people's lives. That that whole vision piece about feeding the souls is yeah, real. Yeah. The other part is the mission. Create memorable moments every day. Right. That's that's magic. And that's so funny when you think about both the mission and your vision. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's what music does. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, oddly enough, um, yeah. it's always been a line. Now, tell me about how music has... And the entertainment business. We'll get into the Harold Kumar thing a little bit, but tell me, I've been, you know, I've seen your, you know, your uh, wall of um, fame, mm-hmm. and um, I know Alice Cooper's a fan. I've got some rock and roll stories of brand, uh, bands that we opened up for that wouldn't go on until their sack of crave arrived before the show. What is that love affair with musicians and artists like Alice Cooper and the brand? I think it, it it's exactly what you said, that there's something just that's really part of the core of being a performer, of being a musician. As musicians, you bend space and time all the time. Right. You bend notes, you create different time frames. you take people, you tra- you've got your own time machine. Right, it's a Every journey. Time you step, it's a journey. Every time you step up to the mic. And I think part of that is we're there. You know, the castle never closes. We're there 24-7. So, you know, we're not bound by the clock. Man, like, an artist, on by. like an artist. Like an artist. And we've been that way for generations. So, you know, in recent times, it's become kind of fashionable to stay open late. 
We, but you we created that. We you never close. We, yeah, we don't stay open late. We never close. Right. So I think that that at the base of it, creating that means that we were there for people when they need us the most, whether it's for that morning cup of joe to get the day rolling or maybe- Dinner at 2 a.m. as a rock yeah, guy. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. After the show. I mean, I'll give you a great example. Uh, our CEO, third generation leader, Bill Ingram, yeah. uh, retired- uh, I read in that. 2015, you yeah. know, and Lisa, uh, his daughter's our, our leader now. She's awesome. Uh, I'll tell you what, when Bill's getting ready to retire, he's a huge, 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 huge Billy Joel fan. And so just cold call, we reached out, you know, <laughs> went through IMDb and, and found like Billy Joel's manager. And, yeah. and we sent her a note and out of nowhere, we just got this recording of Billy Joel saying, hey, Bill, I want to thank you because uh, the band and I, we wouldn't have made it without you, man. There was a lot of nights where the only thing open was the castle. Enjoy Bill your said retirement. this to Billy, to Ingram. Bill, Billy yeah. Joel said, said this to Billy, to Billy Ingram. Ingram. Right. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Bill the Bill. And that's how you start off. Hey, Bill, this is Bill. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, he didn't ask us. For, I mean, we offered to take the Craymobile to his house. He didn't ever take us up on that. <laughs> no, so Billy, Billy, if you're listening, man, coupon never expires, brother. We're there for you. We'll get to Long Island. I love it. I love it. But yeah, it was really cool. New York State of Mind. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we were um, touring with the Ramones a lot. I don't know if I told you that, but I, I think I did. You know that we opened up for them quite a bit on the East Coast and a lot in Canada. Very cool. Yeah. And hey. So one night, yes, one night on the East Coast, I don't know, again, it was a blurry time, but uh, they had two brands, one of the other brand I won't name, but the other brand that were musts for them was White Castle. Ah. So it was funny to see the toll. There was the a reason I was a fan. <laughs> the toll and the Ramones walk in, right? All in black. There's no, it's, everything is black. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and we're all, you know, respecting the crave. That's the way St to do it. Standing there waiting to order. So good times. And then I remember we, we uh, did some shows. And I, when I was writing notes, thinking about you being on the show, um, we did some shows with the band. I don't remember if you remember them, uh, the Smithereens. Sure. We're friends. Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. They're in our Cravers Hall of Fame. Okay, I didn't uh, know. For, for the song White Castle Blues. Well, they should be. Yeah, and they've been amazing. You know, they've had some losses recently. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah but... Um, but you in know, the band, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, but it's been amazing. They're they're yeah. they're incredible. Uh, they just got put into the New Jersey uh, Hall of Fame. I, did, I heard Fame. that. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're 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 incredible. That's and, awesome. Uh, and and they're on the road a lot. They're, and yeah. they they get to the castle often. And they've started at a lot of their shows, uh, depending on how close or far away we are. Uh -huh. After they sing White Castle Blues, man, the crave cases come out. The oh, crowd, on stage, crowd goes wild. Yeah. No, in the crowd. Oh yeah, better. yeah. They bring them out. They yeah, feed. Yeah. The, they're feeding the soul. Scaring. That's right. Sharing is caring. Yeah. Yeah, so they wouldn't, there was a time, I think we opened up for them, I forget where we were, but it was when we were opening up for them in a club called, I think the, the might have been, it was in Cincinnati, I can't remember the name of the club, but we were on uh, tour with them, we opened up for them, and they said, hey, can you guys bump back, can you wait to go on? And we said, sure, no problem. <laughs> and I said, why is that? And he said, White Castle, we haven't received our White Castle yet. Oh. <laughs> we'll screw up the timing for us to appear on stage. He, he said, you know, f food before show. I said, I totally understand. We'll wait 15. So, <laughs> so we waited to go on until the, the burgers got there. I'll bet you the only reason they were late is because they ordered 65 double cheeseburgers with no <laughs> onion. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have been on time. That's a tough order to well, fill. I don't know if they were really late. I just think he wanted us to That's wait because awesome. he'd like to eat. Want to savor the flavor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't want to scarf them down. Just That's great. Little bites. Now let's talk about that because you taught me. You have a 
an advantage that you told me about when you and I first met, when we were working on some entertainment deals that we had done together. You um, and, and you told me, you know, Brad, there's another thing besides, you know, I love what you said in Business First the other day. You said, well, why not have fun? It's, we, we serve two-inch hamburgers. Right. I mean, how seriously right, right. can we take ourselves, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's grounding. <laughs> but you said to me, um, besides how you've defined the three Ds, which are great, Jamie, I appreciate that. The, the other thing that's, that's stuck with me is the mobility of your product. Right. And when I was thinking about that, I think about those three Ds and I think about bands and all we cared about and what we loved, we kept mobile near us because we had to be mobile. We were right. on tour. Right. And when I really think about your hamburger and the way it's packaged and its mobility, which I want you to share that strategy with us, I think it's fascinating. You know, it is next to my side. I can throw, and I remember on the road, throwing a couple of my White Castles in a leather jacket pocket. Sure. Sure. As my companion, I can't throw a whopper in my pocket. <laughs> I, I got to pull off the side of the road to have a Wendy's triple, right. which is what I like right. when I'm hungry after sure. not eating for a couple of days, N right? Nice people, but not as portable. <laughs> They're not portable people. <laughs> they don't fit in your pocket, brother. <laughs> you know? So that's my point. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate when you said mobility to me that day when we were working on some agreements together, that really struck me, being an mm -hmm. artist on the road, mm -hmm. of how much that mattered to me. And tell me about how you guys have thought through mobility in every way in the brand. You know, kind of back to that idea of distribution, one of the big ways we do it is you can get them in the grocery store. Right, You can get them I know. in all 50 states. Which I do. Yeah, and, and really, truly, then if it's 3 a.m. and you don't happen to be on the road, but you happen to be upstairs, get down to your freezer, man. Right, right. And, uh, you know, a, a great way to do it is you let them thaw in the fridge, then you pop them in the mic, open just one end of that little uh, carrying pouch. Yeah. Perfect. As close to the drive-thru as you can get. If you really want authenticity, add one pickle. So, well, one to each sandwich. Let's not, yeah. yeah. We want to keep the cost Don't slice the get, pickle. Don't cut yourself short. Can't do that. But I think um, the portability uh, part is yeah. each sandwich comes in its little own distinctive container. We started doing that in 28 because we thought, what if people want to take our food home? So okay, I'd so like, seven years after you opened in 21, in yep. 1928, because I was going to ask you, when did you have the idea to actually put the hamburger our little two-incher in its own little cardboard castle. We're going to share it here first because we don't get enough credit for it. We created this thing and invented this thing called Carry Out. And it was the idea, selling them by the sack. Right. And that, uh, you know, you can put it in its own little two-inch slider into its right. own container. Right. They nest nicely, so they right. hold in all the heat. And 10 of those fit in the sack. Right. Thus was born the 10 sack. <laughs> Our sacred number. And, and Carry Out. And carry I mean, out. Right? Right? Yeah, the whole idea of carry out. And the other idea is the idea of sharing. So right. uh, years later, of course, we would come up with another uh, innovation. Yes. The best package in the history of fast food, the corrugated cardboard, faux leather stitch handle, crave case. <laughs> and Brad, I know you case. know this. It fits in an overhead bin, man. <laughs> you can take that. It, now, sometimes you do get uh, taxed by TSA. One sandwich. <laughs> That's the going rate at most airports. Oh, that yeah, is... yeah. Funny. Yeah, good times. And that led to the Crave Crate. Right. Holds 100. Right. And please don't tell anyone, but I guess we'll tell everybody now. Okay. My dream. We're working on it. Someday you will hit the drive-thru and see a menu strip that says Crave Palette. You can 5,000. Get... Not yet. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> your goal. 5,000 Yeah, I figure if sliders. I say it enough, people will start asking for it. Then we'll have to, I You're creating demand. I haven't convinced everybody internally yet. <laughs> It might slow down lines a little bit, but we're going to make that 5,800 uh, pack Crave palette your own. Yeah. I love it. Pre-order, please. 
Yes, exactly. Can't make those live. When you think about the brand as a whole and all the separation you guys have done and leadership you've done and first this and first that and categories you've done, if you had to boil it down to three things, Jamie, that really makes White Castle as a brand, not just as a product, as a brand distinctive and longstanding, what would those three things be? Mm, that's a great question. Hot and tasty food. I mean, at the, at the base of it all, that's why people come to our restaurant. Distinctive packaging, because that portability part is right there. And the absolute best people in the history of food service. And that might sound cliche. It's not. I mean, Not with you guys, yeah, it isn't. Of our, of our top 450 leaders in restaurant operations, right. literally 442 started behind the counter at White Castle in an hourly job and rose to the rank. So this isn't a team or anything. It's just family, man. It's a family-owned business, but we've got a family of 10,000 people strong. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's unheard of. And I, th and I, I remember um, I came over to talk to you about something. You said, well, just come over to the corporate offices. We'll have lunch. So I came over and and it wasn't a community thing because you were you were helping uh, my family's organization, Kids in Camp. You guys right. have helped us absolutely with children with cancer for Great years. Cause. Thank you. You said, "Come on over. You know, we'll have lunch at the at the office." And I said, "All right." And I had not been down there. <laughs> <laughs> and we go down in the cafeteria, and it was awesome. It was just it was White Castle in your cafeteria. That's and, right, and that's the really same, behind the castle walls. It's at that really point. behind the castle yeah. walls. That's how you know you're a friend. Yeah, no, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. But it, what a way to live, you know, believe, live, and breathe the brand, and that's what you guys do yeah, so well. I, thank you. That, that's what we hope to be able to accomplish. When I think about the way you've positioned this, you know, and you say, oh, I know that might sound cheesy, but it's true. And, um, you know, this idea of 1921, if you look at your brand, I think about it in this unique way and, and tell me if you agree, and I'd love you to explain more because you're, you're really one part legacy, one part pop, pop culture, and this other part about loyalty and taking care of everybody. Mm -hmm. There's this, you do that in Columbus, certainly, but your reach is further than that with every one of your customers, mm -hmm. this idea of legacy and pop culture, you know, it's a very, it's a very interesting thing to put together and you guys do it with such authenticity. How do you balance that? How do you balance? Because some brands will go too far in pop culture and there's this sense of, I don't know if that's authentic. Other brands will have a long-standing legacy, but they can never really break into pop culture. They're not hip enough. Mm -hmm. You guys seem to um, move between these two barriers like they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. How do you think about the brand in those opposing ways, legacy to pop culture? Pop culture? You know, we don't see them as inherently contradictory. I okay. think it's about being authentic and being who you are. And then when you're able to do that. So for us, that whole thought about feed the souls. Yeah. You mentioned it and how that connects with music, yeah. you know, and it's the same. It's like when you ask good questions, you listen to the answers, and then you use that as your foundation for your actions, good things happen. Right, Along right. the way, we've been incredibly fortunate that we get to make these friendships that are lasting because we're there for people when they need us the most. And to me, if we tried to fake that or force it, it wouldn't feel real. Right. And part of that is you don't get too corporate and you don't worry about it if it's a little bit unconventional or it might not work. Right. Because if we avoided everything that might not work, we wouldn't be here. 
you know, we wouldn't exist. Because so it was the risks. It was the risks, staying true to the brand and, and risking a little bit. And yeah, r- risking a little bit, and uh, but doing the risks that, you know, had some reason, like right. a motivation, right? right? Like in terms of- Behind hey, the why. Yeah, it, it resonates. Right. And when it resonates, it's like, let's make this happen right. because you can imagine how cool it's going to be right. or how happy it would make somebody. Yes. And you don't always balance it down to a net present value calculation that says, in 3.4 years, will we have that covered? <laughs> well, who knows, man? It's right. Alice Cooper. <laughs> right. <laughs> Invite him into the Hall of Fame and see if he says let's yes. Get, let's get busy. I mean, he ordered Billy a Billy Joel's writing us right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? That's great. That's great. And again, when I've had those personal, when you and I have done deals together, that's exactly the, just so you know, on the other side of the table, that's exactly the way it feels. I'm glad. That's yeah. what we hope. So, with that being said, let's digress to what, what I thought was another genius brand idea in the entertainment industry. And you and I have only talked about this uh, peripherally, and that is Harold and Kumar. Uh, and what you guys did, I don't even call it product placement because it was themed. I mean, you're part of the plot. <laughs> you're the destination in the plot. Right. Which to me is brilliant because it is inside the fabric of Hollywood and inside the fabric of the script beyond a placement. Number one, how'd that come about? I don't think you've ever told me. Uh, and number two, um, how was it embraced by the executive team? Yeah, great questions. Before I uh, dive into answering those questions, I think this is a great opportunity to set the record straight about an injustice. There's the greatest film ever made. It has never been acknowledged by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And I hope someday, duly noted. I hope someday that uh, you know that that injustice that happened when the film gone came out with is, the wind, Harold ex- and Kumar. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> and all points in between. But you know, uh, is one of those. Um, you know, stumble into grace kind of moments because like a lot of things that have come our way that have been really positive and cool, it starts with somebody reaching out. And we had a phone call. I was, uh, as it turns out, the person who picked up on on the White Castle side of things. I'll never forget. It was, she has a lovely... Uh, Cassandra, if you're listening, the loveliest voice in showbiz, Cassandra Barber mm-hmm. from How Entertainment Crisis. Right. Hey, hello, hello, <laughs> this is Cassandra Barber. I said, oh, <laughs> did, is my phone bill late? <laughs> I mean, no, she was great. And she said, she literally described to me, I'll never forget it. Uh, it's 2003. She called up and said, uh, there's this great film. It's about two likable underdogs. They spend an evening of misadventure and eventually make their way to a White Castle. And truly, first of all, I had, it was around the end of March. I had to look at the calendar. I swear to goodness, I thought it was a friend doing an April Fool's Day. Yeah, you thought it was a prank. I thought it was a prank. I thought it was like, oh, is this Deanna Winder? Right. Cassandra Barber. And as it turns out, uh, I said, sure, send the script. Get the script the next day. She overnights it. Throw it in my bag. Take it home. I'm reading the script at night. And I'm thinking, ooh, <laughs> she didn't mention the whole plot. And oh, so, you mean the yeah, stoner, yeah. The, the stoner thing? The stoner right. uh, element had not been mentioned. And sure. So I'm reading it, and I thought, ooh, boy, you know, this is really good for us. But ooh, we might have some, you know, some some concerns. We had great internal debate, dialogue, discussion. After that debate, dialogue, and discussion, it was decided if we're going to do this. I needed to talk to our CEO. And so I literally stood outside of his office rehearsing my pitch. I was ready to rock it. I walked in. The carpet was a little cushier in there, you know? And I saw (laughs) Bill Ingram, one of my heroes. I'd follow him over any hill. He's sitting at his desk and he looked up at me kind of quizzically. I lost it. I forgot completely what I was going to say. Your whole script was shot. It was gone. And all I could say is, it has sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Other than that, it's really good for us. (laughs) He looked at me and said, what are you talking about? I explained the film and he was really quiet. I thought, "Uh uh-oh. 
And so I started to almost duck out of his office. And then he asked the best question ever. Does it make fun of our team members? And I was able to say, no, it's actually really positive. He looked at me and said, oh, then I'm fine with it. So that's how we got Harold and Kumar greenlighted. We did ask them to change in the script probably six or seven scenes. And they were great with that. You know, it was not a, not a big deal. I mean, there's a scene where a, a dog lifts its leg and Coca-Cola comes out. Right. Well, Coca-Cola has been a great partner since Forever. 1921. They right, said, right. Ah, that was going to be hard to pull off technically anyway. Right, right. So right. That, that, that got taken out. But okay. yeah, it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. And John so, Cho and Cal Penn are yeah. still remain great friends of White Castle and, you know, really, really approachable, good guys. Now, when you um, got that phone call from the time that it was approved. What was that time frame like internally? Uh, internally? Oh, internally, that yeah. was tight. I mean, that was pretty quick. Um, because you had to. There was some. They, push. they needed to know if they were okay, able yeah. to keep the name or not. Yeah. Um, you know, and they the the screenwriters um, Hayden Schlossberg and John Horowitz are I, from from New Jersey, and they're big big White Castle fans. So I was going to ask you how'd that yeah. get in? That's yeah, how it got in. That was it. And they, okay. they desperately they didn't want to you know have it be Harold and Kumar go out for a crazy night. Right, I mean, they right. really wanted that as the title. And uh, so when we agreed, that um, really gave a lot of momentum to the film. Um, you know, at that point, then New Line uh, Cinema agreed to pick it up and, uh, you know, and it, it went off to the races from there. How many other brands are actually in the title whose brand name is fully in the title of a, of a Hollywood movie? Well, I've got one favorite. <laughs> so there, there might be others out there, but that I, I, I'm definitely kind of partial to uh, anything with Harold and Kumar. Right. Because I, I, I can't Oh, that think- was a rhetorical question, yes, wasn't it? Yes. I like to answer those sometimes, sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. No, Smoking the Bandit was pretty good for Coors. Yeah, You yeah. know, and, and the similar kind of play on uh, scarcity. Yeah, And yeah. like, you know, that, that desire to get uh, the object of your desire. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. We should have had Burt Reynolds do a cameo in uh, yeah. Harold and Kumar. Exactly, that would have been huge. <laughs> that would have been big. <laughs> Now let's talk about the other things you're doing that are non-traditional. So I see that you have, um, I'm gonna, I might say this protein wrong, uh, Hemi or Hemi, um, uh, the, the impossible, impossible slider. The impossible yeah, yeah. slider. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Uh, plant-based protein, people love it. Our customers are craving it. And you know what? Here's what we realized. More people are vegetarians than there were right. a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Right. We don't want there to be a veto vote. If you got a, an evening out with friends or uh, you're getting together for lunch. You don't want to be the reason why they don't yeah. come. Yeah, if there's, there's four, four people together and one of them uh, can't eat anything on our menu, there's nothing right. right. Here's the other thing. Nobody had a great tasting vegetarian or vegan option. Right. If we're going to do it, we want to do it right. We right. do it on you know, a separate dedicated grill. You know, it's got oh, the really? onion mashed right in there. And it's it's amazing. It's a great sandwich. Wow, that's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I read about that. That's very interesting. Yeah, good times. Um, now, tell me about... Um, but have you the, tried one yet? I haven't, but yeah, I'm going give to. Give it a try. I, give I it will. A try. Don't I put will. bacon on. It's kind of rude. <laughs> it's insulting. You can, you can. That's called it. You can put anything on there you want, but it's all good. It says it's like beef, tastes like beef, looks like beef. It's because really it has bacon on the top. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, no, it really doesn't. You can add bacon know, if you I want. I know, I understand. I'm such confu- a paradoxical I guy. I don't want to confuse the listener out there. <laughs> now, let's talk about something very non-traditional, and I'm excited about it. And that is what you guys are doing with the new corporate offices. Okay. So, 21 acres, mixed use. We've got apartments, office space, community theater, amphitheater, right? Again, a very non-traditional. I've been in your, been in your uh, corporate office a number of times visiting you. 
and you guys have really stepped outside of the box here. This is a total, and I love what the name was. It's slipping me now. Uh, the Reach. Yes, love The Reach it. on Goodale. Yeah, great name. Thank you. Great name. Tell me about, obviously, I feel there's a bigger community play here. You're bringing people together. It's that whole, you know, uh, fulfillment obligation through feeding souls. Right. Once again. <clears throat> right. Um, tell me about the plan behind this and and when's it going to be done? Uh, great question. So, uh, the realization hit us that we've been on the same property since 1934. And we moved here from Wichita, Kansas. We paid cash for that property. I remember, that, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, and the building, you know, was old and tired. And so, what we realized is that there are it two- It had a romance of antiquity. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> was not old and tired. Uh, th thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for pointing me in a better direction. We love it. I love it. But it was time to think about the 10,000 people who don't work in the home office. And so to really take the value of that property and make more of it. So we've built a new home office and uh, right on the same property. And in addition, we're building a second office building. Uh, half, uh, half of it is committed already in terms of somebody has a lease for half the building okay. and five apartment buildings. And it's right in the heart of Columbus. So it's gonna be the smile that greets you as you go from Grandview to downtown. Well said. Really great things. And I, I think that part of it is certainly a better work environment for the team members. More importantly, it's about the, the long-term revenue that we'll be able to count on that will help pay for health insurance benefits, that will help pay for retirement benefits, for 10,000 people who don't work there as far as the eye can see. So that's been the heart and soul of the that's, reason to make the investment. That's great. Yeah, very, very cool. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been been a great project. And, uh, you know, we want it to be a centering point. And you know what? Uh, as neighbors and citizens, we want to attract more people to Columbus. We think we've got a lot of great things going on there. I know Number this 14. Is, I know this is a national kind of thing we're doing here. Uh, but if you're looking to leave your city, come to Columbus, man. We've right. got it going on. And we're 14 now, right? 14. Ranked, right? 14. The arrows are up. Double arrow up. That's right. Directionally sound. Now, you tell me about some, some a, a smirk came on my face when I read this. Of course, at our mutual friends at Business First, I think is when I first read this. And that is you know, this open area amphitheater. Right. 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 So of course, only White Castle as a company would think about not only green space and multi-use and, you know, you go from your romantic antiquity, as I put it, right. to cutting Thank edge. Thank you for that. Yeah. To cutting edge. Right. Um, tell me about the plan for this amphitheater and, you know, why we're talking about 20, um, 21 acres. Um, why make space for that? I think it's because we want to have a place that's a centering point where people can gather for more than just a place to put their head on the pillow at the end of the day, that mm -hmm. there's going to be programming mm -hmm. that's relevant and, and brings people together. And I think that uh, throughout our history, it's been about empowerment and that whole idea of the reach. Mm -hmm. Well, we always want to reach for more. Mm -hmm. You know, it's technically a term that describes our geography because of the river, um, you know, the Olentangy running right behind us and the Scioto and everything else. But the fact of the matter is it's about reaching higher and the amphitheater is going to be a fun way to be able to do that. And when I first read the word reach in the name, I said, ah, Jamie's done it again. That's the embrace. Yeah. And you know, I am a vicarious thrill seeker. I was in the room when it happened. Angela Petro from Together and Company, she had that idea. I love it. It was brilliant. When she tossed it out, it was like, that's the one. So oh, that yeah, was all Angela. Brand, it was great. I mean, the brand we went from 15 different ideas. Everyone was putting one vote in for their own to uh, <laughs> 14 to one. I think someone still held out for their own. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. It wasn't me. No, she right. sold me. Good. Tell me though, this is hysterical. 
So you have now have the throne room, right? We do. And I and you and you're you have put in a uh, spiral slide instead of that's right. If you don't want to take the stairs, it's a little quicker. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to work on speed of service constantly. We don't want the smithereens to have to wait anymore. Yeah, so exactly. we're going to bring it to them. Uh, Good. But I'll tell I'll you let what, them know. Our frozen food plants. We we make all these sandwiches ourselves that we sell through the grocery stores. There's little two packs of sandwiches that go into the freezer okay. so they can be shipped, okay? okay? When those two packs finish their frozen journey, yeah. they come down a spiral slide that goes onto the packaging line, then they're packed in six packs and okay. shipped out to grocery so stores around the country. it's a two pack into six, six pack, yeah, which yeah. is, okay. So this slide that's in our home office takes you from the second floor to the lobby. It is an exact replica of that slide, only bigger. And the only other constraint, we only allow you to go down one person at a time. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. And you do have to sign the waiver. <laughs> there is a There's waiver. There's a little bit of Latin involved. The attorney said, look, let's, this is really fun. Let's make sure it's safe. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It is fast. It's not. Oh, so it, you've, have you tested it? Oh yeah. It's not your third grade <laughs> slide back, you know, oh, I wish I had some wax paper. No, this puppy, you get down where you need to be. So, <laughs> so hold on, right? Hold on. Okay. Yeah. There's no... Don't wear your kilt that day. No, not a good day. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And so you're always keeping that bit of fun yeah. in, in all that you guys do. Yeah. Let me share a really cool non-traditional one. I'll make it like a 10-second headline. Oh, no. I'm uh, ready. We've got this incredible partnership with, I think, the world's greatest up-and-coming fashion designer, Telfar Clemens. Okay. He's designing all of our uniforms okay. for White Castle. He okay. just opened New York Fashion Week this year. He's the only person that's ever opened New York Fashion Week and then went to Paris to open Fashion Week there. He's going to be in Florence in January. My favorite city. And he loves White Castle. Uh, you know, and so Telfar is in our Cravers Hall of Fame. He and his creative director, Bobak Rodboy, are incredible. They're a team that just does incredible work. And, and all of our team members are wearing Telfar. And that is unbelievable. It's the As best recruitment thing we've ever, ever done. Ever, ever. Ever. In the tightest labor market in modern history, we're attracting more team members because they want the cool t-shirt. Right. Uh, and they, of course, get to keep it, hey, but they also get to stay. So, yeah, yes. They can wear, the, yeah. the uniform is their fashion every day. We love Telfar. He's a good friend, and we're so happy uh, for him and proud of him. He won the CFDA Vogue magazine Fashion Fund Award. We had a pep rally for him. We brought in a, a high school pep band. Of course uh, you did. Yeah, and of just did it did. right. And uh, so anyway, I, we're just really proud of Telfar. So I want to share, that's a fun thing we got going on. Oh no, on. that is unbelievable. Now, has it has already been designed, the uni's already been designed? Are they in concept? You, when did this all come down? They're in the castles now. Okay. And um, they're super, super cool. Here's what's even cooler. Telfar has agreed to design our 100th birthday uniform. So yeah, and, and uh, we're working on that now, so. Yeah, I said birthday uniform, not birthday suit, folks. We're going to be fully clothed. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Let's do it right. Now, you're getting this kind of affinity because of the brand. Yeah, I think so. I right? Th I mean, it's yeah. it's what you guys have done right as a principled brand. They love the brand, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it becomes um, something where they, they love the brand. But then what happens is you see, you get to meet the faces mm -hmm. behind the walls. Mm -hmm. And everybody loves one another. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It sounds like... Uh, uh, a good poem or future song in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. It's funny. We were sitting, I was sitting with another client the other day and I said, um, you know, you, you guys should just, it, they are a very quiet fourth generation company here in Columbus. Very humble, quiet, very similar mm -hmm. kind of culture. And I said, well, why don't we just, if we're going to do one thing, why don't we, you know, do something unique with our uniforms? So they said, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they went out and they were looking at all these 
cool, really upscale fashion things that you would just never do in their, in their um, vertical. Mm-hmm. And um, we're working on that now, um, very fashion forward. And it's funny because their brand is so authentic, they can go from this humble place mm-hmm. and still be hip. Yeah. And they can pull it off. Yeah. I think when people know who they are, then, then All it's is not good. a stretch, right? Because right. it's not from a place of feeling insecure. Right. It's about being confident and right. aware. Right. And when you can do something from a place of awareness, you're probably going to make good choices. Right, right, right. Well said. Now, what's when you look in the future of White Castle, which I know you're personally always doing, I remember the very first time we met, I tell this story often. I don't know if you remember it. I want to digress before I ask you this question. I walked by your office because I had missed the the door. And I think they said, oh, it's down that way or something when I was in the front. And I go by. <laughs> and I miss walking into your office. And I step my head back. It was like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> and I slip my head back. And you are at, the way I remember it, your office had like a giant TV um um, you know, exp- uh, flashed on the wall a giant f- fire. Like, like you- <laughs> <laughs> right. It's cold outside, man. <laughs> a fake video fire going yeah. on. Yeah. And you were at a cool, uh, I don't know if it was r- red, cherry red or powder <laughs> blue dinette thing from like the 50s. Oh, that's right. Do you remember that's, that? I do. I do. <laughs> I came in and we hadn't met in person. I think we'd only talked on the phone. Right. And I came in, I said, Jamie? <laughs> you said yeah I said this is the coolest office that's the best desk I've ever seen we have to do a deal together <laughs> you, you picked me out of the lineup I could run but I couldn't hide no you know we get to live in the land of ideas and yeah. uh, you know we should surround ourselves with things that, that help those ideas uh, come to us quicker better faster yeah now what color was that table though it was like an old dinette uh, aquamarine thing. it was aquamarine yeah 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 you need 128 crayolas to figure that one out it's like somewhere between <laughs> teal and aquamarine maybe so yeah i, I know but, it wasn't a lighter shade of pale i got rid of that one so yeah but i went on and on about that when we first met good because, times because it said a lot about the brand to me and the imagination which is a word i think you used in your it is in your brand personification that it's a form listener so you know that we send out that has 10 to 15 questions on it and we just ask the brand ambassador or in this case jamie being a vp to come in and and give us those words so we understand the brand and one of the things you talked about um was this idea of we asked um jamie what his character trait that the brand would most admire and the word that he put down was fascinating. It was imagination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. I mean, think about 1921 and what was coming out in 1921. We actually went and looked at some brands that came out in 1921, mm-hmm. the same year as you. Fun. You probably know most of them. <laughs> one of them is Gucci. They seem to be doing okay. <laughs> uh, the other one was Radio Shack. Okay. Yeah. Not doing as well. No. Right? No. But I am proud to say that the same year that White Castle introduced itself, so did the infamous Cheez-It. Important to know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, castles with Cheez-Its could be pretty good. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. so let's use our imagination. Yeah. Now you can put that on your impossible slider too. You know, it goes, it's not it bacon. Lots of ways. It's not bacon. They probably have bacon flavored. I like their Tabasco. Tabasco have, Cheez-Its. That's yeah, imagination. Same, same yeah. year as you. You, yeah. probably, you probably knew that. But I like to go back and look it's at fun. pop culture brands 
Sure. Because there, there's a whole movement that happens as a brand yeah. at that time. That's right. That is really so what's the imagination in either product or community um, that you guys might be doing in the next 5, 10? What are some things you're dreaming about 15 years that aren't secret? I don't well, want you to expose no, those. Uh, they're all secret, but I'll share some idea. Okay. But, you know, for us, it's about what happens next with how people enjoy their food, right? I mm -hmm. mean, the biggest change that the restaurant industry has seen in the last 18, 24 months is the delivery services. And they're fantastic. and But they're still kind of competing against one another. And all of a sudden, people who wouldn't even think of driving to White Castle don't mind at all ordering it up through Grubhub or DoorDash right. or Postmates right. or whoever the partner might be or Uber Eats. So that part of things is really interesting and fascinating. And at the same time, we've got this incredible grocery store presence that we can't keep up with. I mean, we just keep making more, you know, that category. How many stores are you in now? Well, uh, we're, our, uh, they call it's it all commodity value. Yeah, okay. 93% okay. with, with our, so with our cheeseburgers. So, you're yeah, saturated. We're, we're in all 50 states. We're in all the major chains. We can always grow it and right. we're looking to, to do more do that. of that. But um, to me, it's around how do people uh, enjoy food and how do we mm. continue to make memorable moments mm -hmm. that's in tune with where people are headed next. So I mentioned earlier, asking good questions and mm -hmm. listening and then acting. We're really immersed in that right now because we're about to turn 100 in 2021. And for the next act, we really want it to be as grand as the first has been. So I know I'm not speaking too specific because I know you got a lot of listeners, but I think you'll see us really work on even more distinctive tasting foods that are on that slider platform. I'd say the big revelation for us is we've always been known for that original slider. So often we're thought of as a hamburger company. We've started to think of ourselves not as a hamburger company, but a slider brand. Awesome. Um, and gives us permission to do lots of fun things. That's right. So that's right. I, I would expect you'll see more of that as okay. time goes on. Okay. And the term slider is again another, just like carryout, is again another invention of the brand, right? Sure. Uh, right? Term of endearment. Term that, of endearment. That, that we resisted for about 65 years. Really? Uh, yeah, because uh, the operations people didn't always see it as complimentary. I got it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was a, a, a term of endearment right. and true love. And right. we have lots of nicknames for the products that I won't even say here, right, uh, right. you know, right. for, for the for the permanent record. But but it's okay because they're always uh, affectionate. And I think that, that love that people have mm -hmm. means, you know, hey, look, we know we're not gourmet, but you can have a gourmet experience. Come by on Valentine's Day. Right. Oh, by the way, you might want to get your reservation in. You know, it's never too late, too early for whatever year you're looking at. You know, so that's a big deal. And I know a lot of those stories that that is, you know, your brand has become, as your mission and vision state, but your brand has become a memory maker, a meme in people's lives, whether it's any occasion. Yeah. Right? We're humbled. We're proud of that and that that we're thought of that way. We're humbled by that in terms of the trust that people place in us mm -hmm. for that. Last year, 30,000 people went out to open table and made a Valentine's Day reservation at White Castle. Isn't that unbelievable? What love, a compliment. Love is in the air. Love Castle. <laughs> you got any Barry White? You're doing it. You're doing it well. <laughs> Thank you. got to get low. <laughs> One other, one other topic I wanted to broach with you when I was uh, thinking of you coming in, and that is on-premise. On-premise has changed for you guys. Um, I wouldn't say drastically, comparatively, but on-premise is a different animal than it once was, right? Meaning the activity that's actually going on inside the castle. Mm -hmm. Any interesting things you're looking in there as far as experiences beyond what you're selling to the belly and emotionally or any current things that you're doing uh, on premise. You know, you use the word platform. Mm -hmm. 
which I think is great. When we think of brands today, if you look at those that are the most um, successful, you know, two come to mind, Google and Amazon, they're built around platforms. Mm -hmm. The brand comes from the experience of consumers during they're moving around that platform. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think for us, the biggest change has been that there's probably a time frame where we're more focused on uh, distribution of food. Sure. And that the dining room felt a lot more uh, antiseptic. And it was about cleanliness, which is always a constant focus and a number one priority. But we aired so much on the side of making it easy to clean. It looked like a hospital uh, surgery right. room, you know? So, okay. so we've warmed up the dining rooms a lot. We've invested a lot in that and made it a lot more interactive. So there's kiosks you can order from. I it's a lot more engaging. We want you to be able to crave in comfort. Right. You know, if you go out to the new Scottsdale Castle, right. you can crave in the Alice Cooper corner. He was there. He was there right before we opened. He brought his wife, Cheryl, his now, daughter. Now, he's a golfer. And, he's a golfer, Right, yeah. so that's why he's... Uh, does, well, does he lives he, in he lives, That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So, I have a client yeah. that is at Desert Mountain. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, but so he, he came in and Alice brought his wife and his daughter and son-in-law. His 95-year-old mom, she came in on her walker, sweet as can be, tiny little thing. And then, right. you know, I got seated in the Alice Cooper corner. We've got a picture of Alice over there <laughs> sitting on his throne of burgers. Yes. You know, I, his throne yeah. of sliders. Yes, yes. And, and he pointed to it. And then right underneath it says, no more Mr. Nice Fry. <laughs> and he pointed and said, look at that, mom. Hall of Fame. His mom looked at me and she said, four original sliders, please. <laughs> I brought them out to her. I'm not kidding you. Brought them out to her. I stopped back over there about 10 minutes later. Stopped back over to check in. And she's polishing off the last one. And she looked up at me. She hardly even made eye contact. She just put up two fingers and said, two more, please. <laughs> said, mom. <laughs> so Alice is a rock star. So is his mom. She's, right, a, she's right. a craver. He, she brought him up right. That's awesome. Why don't you tell us in the time we have left, and thank you for spending uh, uh, this time with us, Jamie. It's been wonderful. But tell us a little bit about uh, community engagement. I had mentioned that early on, partnerships and and um, how, how engaged you guys are in the communities that you uh, dwell. Talking about dwell time on premise, and obviously you're doing that more with interactive kiosks. And I guess if you get Alice's mom there, she'll <laughs> you, she'll never leave. She'll just, you'll just see two more. That's good. That's good. But um, from a community standpoint, tell me how that wraps into the brand. I mean, like like music. You know, it's so funny. Back in the day, there was a thing called right. You and I remember Woodstock and how that changed to bring everything back to music. It 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 changed a generation of people. Right. And politics. Right. And the way we approached life. Right. And it was through a live visceral event. Right. You know? And now today, the, a great way to get music is, you know, which is new to some of the generations, is this idea of how we're going to a live event. Mm -hmm. And like that is new. And of course it's not. But the intimacy to them is new like it was to us. Right. Right. And so when we think about community, it's all about community. In the music business now, it's all about a cause, community, and how those things intertwine in a fabric. Mm -hmm. Tell me about White Castle as a brand when you think about not music necessarily, but the idea of community and how the and how White Castle fits in the fabric of community. And how do you look at things to say that's something that is aligned with us mm -hmm. from a community standpoint? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up uh, Woodstock because, you know, they had a bit of a miss on trying to get the 50th off the ground. I think, because I know you think non-traditionally, let's get a group of people together. Yeah. Let's do the 51st anniversary and of Woodstock. And do it right. And do it right. You know, <laughs> hey, we just need one more year. Because I, I think we missed that. And that's a shame. You it know? is a so, shame. But, it is a shame. But I think the opposite of that is there's unity in community. Yeah. And that when you're doing that, you set aside the egos and you look, how can you accomplish something good? Right. And I think for us, it's been around impact and trying to make sure we're thoughtful and focused, but being also willing to give back in a way that's meaningful. And so we've had an incredible partnership with Autism Speaks, mm -hmm. for instance, where over the last 11 years, we've raised over $8 million to help families who are affected by autism and, and families and who have someone on the spectrum. It's everywhere. And that has meant so much to our team members, you know, and we do that $1 at a time through customer contributions and doing different events. I'll share real quickly that I think creativity can be a critical part of how you connect to community. So years back, uh, I had the opportunity to go to a dinner with us some Autism Speaks folks. They said, do you know who you're seated by? I said, I have no idea. I said, Laura Slacken. She's the queen of home fragrance. Had no idea there was a queen of home fragrance. Yeah, of course there She's is. She's a Manhattan socialite. She's wonderful and amazing. Um, we were seated by each other. I didn't know her. About halfway through the dinner, I had a big idea because I knew she made candles. I said, hey, jokingly, have you ever thought about a White Castle hamburger scented candle? <laughs> You have silence came over the table and she looked at me and she just kind of like her eyes narrowed and she goes, hmm, that was it. We didn't get to talk the rest of the night. I thought I blew it. That's it. I no, missed my chance. Mm, from a socialite isn't bad. No, I it's thought, not but, bad. But I, I knew she was kind because I heard all these great stories. Six weeks later, I kid you not, I get a mason jar in the mail with a little post-it note on it. I unscrew the lid of the mason jar. I'm overcome with the aroma of hot and tasty White Castles. There's a post-it note on it that says, <laughs> the beef is there, the bun is perfect. I'm still working on the pickle. XOXO, Laura. And Class from that move. was the White Castle hamburger scented candle. We raised over $250,000 for Autism Speak selling those. Thanks That's to Laura. Amazing. She's awesome. And where can we get those? We can get those on the House of Crave online. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, perfect beautiful. for holiday gifts. Yes. Or any time of year, birthdays, <laughs> Valentine's Day. You know. And it all goes towards a great cause. That's right. Wonderful, wonderful. Honored to have you, Jamie. Um, love our relationship we've had, being creative together, doing some interesting deals between Crave and community and things like that. And I really appreciate it. And thank you for all your insights today. I'm sure that the listeners will learn a lot from what you had to say. We appreciate you being here. Crave on, my friends. We'll see you at the drive-thru. 